In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review, for the week ending July the 1st, the U.S. Senate leadership is scheduled to vote this coming Wednesday on ending debate on the GMO labeling bill. The cloture vote is scheduled for 3 p.m. Eastern Time that afternoon, according to the Senate schedule. The bill needs 60 votes for approval to end debate and head for final passage before moving to the House of Representatives. Well, USDA's National Ag Statistics Service released their June planted acreage reports this past week, and Angie Considine with NAS in Washington, D.C. says cotton acreage is up for 2016. Area planted to cotton in 2016 is estimated at 10 million acres, 17% above last year. Upland area is estimated at 9.82 million acres, up 17% from 2015. American Pima area is estimated at 199,000 acres, up 26% from 2015. Cotton planting was delayed in Texas due to heavy rains and severe weather. Many fields needed to be replanted due to hail damage or flooding. However, most producers were able to get the cotton crop planted within the normal planting window. In North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia, cotton planted area is down from 2015. Low yields or complete losses experienced during last year's flooding moved farmers to plant other crops this year. By May 22nd, 46% of the nation's crop had been planted, eight percentage points behind the five-year average. As of June 26th, 56% of the crop was rated in good to excellent condition unchanged from the same time last year. Cotton growers in Georgia planted an estimated 1.3 million acres, up 15% from last year. In Alabama, area planted to cotton is estimated at 320,000 acres, up 2% from 2015. Florida planted area is estimated at 100,000 acres, 18% above last year. In summary, area planted cotton in the United States is estimated at 10 million acres in 2016, up 17% from last year. This is Angie Considine with the USDA National Agriculture Statistics Service. But when it comes to planted acreage for peanuts, it is actually down compared to this past year. Tyron Spearman has those numbers. USDA's Ag Statistics Service has released the 2016 estimated acres of crops planted in the U.S. on peanuts. Peanut farmers planted 1.56 million acres in 2016. That's down 4% from last year. The area harvested would be down 2%. In the southeast, they're showing Alabama from 197,000 acres to 173,000 acres. That's down 12.2%. Florida's down from 180,000 acres to 136,000 That's down 24.4%. Georgia overall is down from 777,000 last year to 750,000 acres this year. That's down 3.5%. Other commodities, all cotton planted, 10 million acres, 17% above last year. Corn acreage up 7% to 94.1 million acres, the third highest planted acres since 1944. Soybean acres are now estimated up 1%. That's a new record, 83.7 million acres. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Also this past week, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Farm Service Agency announced that dairy producers can now enroll for the 2017 coverage in the Margin Protection Program for Dairy. FSA Administrative Al Dolcini explains how the program works. 
follows along the lines of other farm bill programs in that it's a voluntary risk management tool designed to provide a safety net, when in this case the difference between the national price of milk and the national price of feed triggers a certain margin selected by the producer. So when that happens, the safety net kicks in and the MPP program provides a little bit of financial assistance. Now, the Margin Protection Program gives participating dairy producers the flexibility to select coverage levels best suited for their operation. Enrollment began July 1st and ends on September 30th for coverage in calendar year 2017. Participating farmers will remain in the program through 2018 and pay a $100 administrative fee each year. Now that fee provides basic catastrophic protection that covers 90% of milk production at a $4 margin coverage level. For additional premiums, operations can protect 25 to 90% of production history with margin coverage levels from $4.50 to $8.50 in increments. Once enrolled, dairy operations are required to participate through 2018 by making coverage elections each year. But producers do have the options of selecting a different coverage level during open enrollment each year. So Dolcini urges producers to get signed up for 2017. Dairies that are interested in learning more about the Margin Protection Program should certainly call their local FSA County office. They can also visit our website, which is fsa.usda.gov, and there are a variety of fact sheets and other helpful tools that will educate folks more both about the Margin Protection Program as well as a variety of other FSA programs. To learn more, just contact your local FSA office. Well, an expert says drones could help farmers improve their bottom line, but there are obstacles to the adoption of that technology. Gary Crawford has that story. With the final rules by the Federal Aviation Administration for the use of drones or unmanned aerial vehicles, UAVs. There is a certainty that UAV operations are here to stay in the United States and agriculture can benefit. Robert Blair, an Idaho farmer, also has a high-tech ag company called Measure. He told the House Ag Committee that from his own experience with drones and the data they can provide to farmers. With today's low commodity prices and tighter margins, UAVs can help reduce costs, increase productivity, and turn precision agriculture into surgical agriculture. But he says those same low commodity prices are keeping farmers from investing in drones and the computer technology that goes with them. It's hard to sell. They're not adopting it. And then if we look at the lending institutions, they don't understand the technology and the benefits creating further hurdles in adopting this technology. Another hurdle is what Blair calls an inadequate internet infrastructure in rural America. He's still optimistic, though, about the future of drones and other technology in agriculture. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Eric Grinder talks about why the persimmon is making a comeback. The persimmon is making a comeback. It surprises a lot of people because, well, the persimmon never was all that popular. Now, don't expect to see groves or orchards of persimmon trees, but look for more and more of them to be planted near a rural, even some suburban homes. I didn't get a lot of information in this report, but I did learn that the versatility of the fruit is one reason it's making a comeback. See, it's a tasty fruit when allowed to ripen on the tree, but its flavor lies in the pies and desserts that it favors in the hands of a good cook. You don't need a grove. One tree is usually enough because they're rather prolific. Where would you find a seedling to plant? Well, better use your computer because I have no idea. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. Those stories and more from this past week can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.